Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I'm so excited to say we have Jason Yanowitz, the co-founder of BlockWorks. Though he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not gonna ask him that much about. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Jason, I'm so excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? I'm ready to dive in, let's do it. Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Hell yeah, you heard that right. It's a summer bets blockbuster, baby. The return of Bets Recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline, this time all bets are on. I'm so happy to have Vets Recruiting back as a sponsor of Non-Technical. Not only is Vets Recruiting the only recruiting firm by recruiters for recruiters, but they've been trusted for more than a decade to build out sales, marketing, and customer success teams. More than a decade. Name one company that's been around for more than a decade. That's right, it's Vets Recruiting. In that time, Vets has partnered with thousands of tech companies, helped build 30 plus unicorns, and supported tens of thousands of people along their career trajectory. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. I bet you won't be disappointed. Bets, you can have that catchphrase if you want. That one's on the house. Jason Yanowitz is the co-founder of BlockWorks, a financial media brand that delivers news and research about digital assets to millions of investors. Prior to BlockWorks, Jason helped build the business development team at SciSense, a data analytics startup that raised nearly $300 million. Jason Yanowitz, welcome to Non-Technical. Woo, yeah, thanks for having me. Woo, I am so glad that you wooed. I usually woo, and now I have a, a partner in wooing crime. What a treat. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. Hopefully I didn't like uh, your audio producer is going to be mad if I (laughs) maxed out the thing again. But yeah, here we are. He's (laughs) been doing this for a long time with me, so I think he's pretty used to it. Good, good. Jason, I'm so happy to have you here. We already covered this before we started, but you go by Yano to your friends. Is that right? I do go by Yano. Yeah. And now it's just most people It's now on Twitter and now it's like... yeah gone into the work world too. Really? Do you ever get confused when people say, you know? Yes. Like, yes. you know what I mean? I actually do. Yeah. But it's better than, you know, what it actually happened is that mm. my, I remember my sister who's 13 years older than me. She yes. said, she was giving me college advice right before I went off to college. <laughs> she goes, you know, no, this is the end of your life uh, of people calling you Jason. And she's like, for the rest of your life, people are going to call you Yano because she got called Yano in college as well. Wow. And then I was on the phone with Chase one day having one of those annoying bank conversations. And they, they kept thinking my name is Chase, not Jason. They kept hearing Chase. So I just said, I'm going by Yano. Why? Wow. Easy to explain. So here we are. Wow. That's a really great nickname. Who was the first person that called you or your sister Yano? Is it a family name? Like, is it something you all call each other? It was college. <laughs> there's like a lot of Jasons out in the world. And I feel uh-huh. like there's a lot of nicknames in college because yeah. there's a lot of, you know, first names, uh, meeting a lot of new people. Was that like a day one you showed up and someone was like, Yano, what's up? Or how did that go down? You know, when you're a freshman, you're just like, you're so overwhelmed by the world. And you're so like, you've just got to this new place. You're meeting thousands of people. And uh, you're kind of just looking for a way to differentiate yourself and and stand (laughs) out. And you're like, man, there's like 12 other Jasons. I've got a lot of competition here. Yeah. But there's no other Yanos. So here we go. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. You got (laughs) to zig when everyone else is going to zag. Okay. So Yano, tell me this. Is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? Uh, Yeah, actually. Peace Frog by The Doors. 
Peace Frog by the Doors. It's I don't like, know this song. Oh my god! Okay. You got to edit that out. Uh, that's no, I loved it. Little. I did. No, it was and, so good. Uh, but no, it takes me back to uh, seventh grade. There's this huge tree growing up where we would all hang out, and uh, it just takes me back to summer of seventh grade. We're hanging out. I had two friends who played guitar, and like that was like the song of the summer, you know. For oh, us. that's so nice. Where did you yeah. grow up? I grew up in Mill Valley, right outside San Francisco. Amazing. So this is when you were a kid, like middle school era? Yeah, I was in seventh grade. I don't know why. I had one friend mm-hmm. who was like, you know, I'm sure we were all listening to like crappy seventh grade music. Yeah. But I had one friend who actually knew what he was talking about. And he was oh, yeah. actually good at music or whatever that really means. But um, he had a much better taste in music than we did. And so we were listening to The Doors. I was just, that was why I asked. Because I was like, damn, The Doors. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great taste. Yeah. That's awesome. When was the last time you heard that song, do you think? I listen to it all the time still. It's really? It's just, yeah, I think Spotify, the like algorithm just knows that I love it. And so it always comes up when I put it on shuffle. Wow. That's really nice. I mean, Spotify definitely has songs that they're like, okay, I know. Let's play the hits for her. Yeah, like we know yeah. what she they'll likes. Take some, they'll take some risks and then they're just like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go back to basics. You play, know, the hits, so. play the hits. Yeah, yeah. Play the hits. Exactly. <laughs> I definitely think Spotify knows what we are all going through emotionally, maybe more than any other app. Yeah, I think so too. There's like an uncanny ability. If, if I'm ever feeling down, like they just throw on the killers and uh, it's, it's very basic of me, but you know, it does put me in a good mood. So here we are. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think that all basic things are bad things. So I support you. And also I love the killers. <laughs> the killers are great. <laughs> I know. How can you not? <laughs> okay. So what is something that you're really good at that it would surprise most people to learn about you? Probably cooking like obscure meats and shellfish. Oh, I consider myself to be like a pretty good cook. Okay. Uh, and I think a lot of people can cook like chicken thighs and, and things like that. Sure. But I make a lot of, to my to my fiance's disdain, I always stink up the kitchen with like garlic sure. and onions and stuff. But okay. uh, yeah, we had clams and mussels for dinner last night. Okay. Uh, I make a lot of duck. Oh. Yeah. My fiance is like convinced that I'm seeing the butcher because I go there so much. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm coming off a bout of COVID. <laughs> That's right. Most people want to see their friends after COVID. I wanted to go to the butcher. So here we are. I think most people would be surprised that I'm actually a pretty good cook. That's awesome. I love the phrase obscure meats. So what else falls into the obscure meats category other than duck? (laughs) I mean, there's like a lot of shellfish in the home, like a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of oysters on the grill. Oysters on the grill. That's interesting. I've never had a grilled oyster. Grilled oysters. Yeah. You pop them on the grill. They pop open. Oh, really? Butter on them. Yeah. They're really good. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. What a fun summer treat. It's a little summer treat, you know, and clams and mussels, surprisingly easy. White wine, Mm -hmm. a little garlic, olive oil. Yeah. Toss them in. That one I know. Yeah. Linguini and clams is a staple. It's actually a Christmas Eve tradition at my house is linguini and clams. Really? Mm-hmm. Invite me over for Christmas yeah. Eve because that is much better than <laughs> than our, well, we, I mean, my Jewish family just does Chinese food per, uh, yeah. per tradition, but. Oh, but God, that also sounds so good. We'll trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, General Chow's chicken never hurt nobody. No, truly. Okay. You know, what's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? Like something really inconsequential mm. that you would just totally go to bat for. Actually, I have, I have a lot of hills. Here, here's my big hill is that podcast should never be listened to on 1X. That's my that's my hill I'm willing to die on. I don't even know why they give you the oh, option boy. to listen on one X. I'm so happy that this is your hill. Let's get into this hill. Okay, so some questions for you. How many podcasts are you listening to on a day-to-day basis? At least one, usually. If you were to listen to these shows on one X, would it be like an hour, a couple hours a day? And so you're reducing it from that amount? If there's an hour-long podcast, no, yes. I'll probably listen to like an hour-long show a day, but it takes, mm. I usually listen on... If it's just like, 
like I'd probably listen to this show on 1.8 or 2 even. This show cannot be listened to on 2x. I did listen. Have I've you? listened to one. Yeah, I will admit I'm not like I've I've only listened to one episode of the show, but I did listen. It was um whose episode did you listen to? I listened on to Niv. 2x. I listened to Niv. Oh my god. It came up in my feed and it was like, yeah, I'm really and uh I have math to back this up, which is humans can only speak at like 200 words a minute or up to 200 words a minute. Right. A lot of people speak at like 150. That's kind of the average, maybe okay. 160. There's some really slow talkers who speak at like 100 or 110 words per minute. The fastest speakers, like think about like an auctioneer, like, all right, going for 150, 150, 200. That's, yep. a, that's, that's 400 words a minute. Most wow. people can understand 400 words a minute. So like you and me, we can understand like 400 or 500 words a minute, but most people talk at 150 words a minute. So you just throw that on 2X and you're good to go. Okay. So where I can meet you on this hill is that I agree if I start listening to something on a faster speed, my brain does adapt pretty quickly so that I'm understanding it and I don't constantly feel like I'm playing catch up. That I can go with you on. Where I struggle is some podcasts, in my opinion, are less about just getting the information and they're more about like enjoying and experiencing the show. I agree with that part. Okay. Your show would probably be a bad show to listen on 2X because you miss the humor <laughs> and you miss the, <laughs> you miss, you miss that. So maybe I shouldn't have listened to Niv on 2X, but like, and, and I, I, I like audiobooks as well. So I just listened yeah. to Educated. And oh, what a uh, book. That, like amazing memoir. Like that's a, that's a one X that's a like take it yeah. in. But if you're listening to, I don't know, like sapiens, like throw that yeah. shit on two X and, and call it a day. Totally. Okay. Also second time sapiens has come up on my show in three weeks. So that's classic. <laughs> I think it's a overrated book. You do. Yeah. Throw that thing on two X and just say, and, and people like to say that they read it. People do love to say that they read it. You ask 10 VCs, what's your favorite book? You're going to get like eight Sapiens answers. Yeah, 100%. Four out of five venture capitalists agree Sapiens is an essential read. Who was your guest? Where did they work? I feel like it was Brian Murray who founded Cabal, but also, yes, works at Craft Ventures. <laughs> I think it was him. I don't want to be wrong. I'll have to go back and listen. It <laughs> wasn't Brian. Brian's like, what the hell? Throw yes. me under the bus, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He can take it. So, okay. So this makes a lot of sense. So you agree that there are sort of like different times that call for different speeds. I've listened to my own show on faster speeds before for things like editing purposes, or if I need to go back and learn something that somebody said quickly. But the thing that I can't get past is hearing my laugh sped up at 2x because I can get by talking really quickly, but my laugh at 2x sounds unhinged. Yeah. I mean, my laugh on 1x sounds unhinged. So we just, <laughs> we try to put it on 2x to just get through it, you know? To get through it, power through. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I love that. Wow. By the way, there are lots of people that agree with you. I've been told that there are people who listen to my show on a faster speed. And I'm just like, what? What's going on in your life, folks? It's just math, Alexis. It's a I, 400 I words it. a minute we can take okay. in, 150 okay. we're getting out, you know? That's the hill. Clearly, I feel passionate about that. That's good math. I yeah. appreciate that you came prepared with the facts. You came, you laid words per minute down. <laughs> I have to fight my fiance on this. If I ever take off my AirPods and I'm listening yeah. to a podcast and she's like, oh my God, turn the, it like stresses yes. her out. That I yeah. Do that, so. I do find it somewhat stressful. I, I listen to some news podcasts on 2X sometimes if I just need to know what's going on in the world, but I don't have a ton of time. I find myself sort of like, like tensing up. It's like going so fast. I mean, if I try to listen to a, like a news podcast on 1X, it's like, I'm Michael Barbora <laughs> and this. Come on, come on, buddy. Like, get get on with get, it. Come on. Come on. I got so. things to do. People to see. <laughs> come on. Come on. Okay. Yano, do you have a favorite joke? 
we just hosted this big conference a couple of weeks ago. It's called Permissionless. We hosted this. It was our biggest conference we've ever hosted. 7,000 people or 6,000. I forget the specific number, but like Whoa. several thousand people came down to Palm Beach. And it was like no. a three-day conference. And like Coinbase was the title sponsor. And OpenSea created this NFT gallery. It's really, really cool. Mm. But there's always a lag time in between when the panelists go on. Some panelists go on, they have to come off the stage, the new yep. panelists go on. Yes. And my co-founder was moderating the conference that day, and there were like several thousand people in the audience, right? Sure. And the new panelists weren't going up, right? Oh, boy. So he had like five minutes to kill. And most people, <laughs> including myself, like I'd be like sweating bullets, I'd sit down and be like, all right, guys, like it's going to be like a couple minutes, just uh, hang tight, you know, like most normal people <laughs> sure, would say. Sure, sure. And Mike gets up there and he goes, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you guys a joke to kill the time. Mike! And he shares... The worst dad joke of, oh my of all God. time, which is which is this muffin joke, which I'll try to say wait. it. I'm going to probably completely botch it. No, I'm it's, ready. I'm ready. There are two muffins, and they're sitting in the oven. One muffin looks at the other muffin, and he says, wow, it's really getting hot in here, huh? The other muffin looks at him and goes, holy shit, it's a talking muffin. <laughs> and he did that god-awful dad joke in front of thousands of people, but you don't have to do a fake laugh for, for that it. horrible joke. Okay, first of all. I love that joke. And here's what's even worse. He then yeah. did that on the second day as well. So we got two muffin jokes on the same the day. The same muffin joke? Oh, on, on the same, uh, at the same conference. Yes, I think it was the same muffin joke, yeah. So it landed, clearly, or no? It actually landed. I think it actually did land. Why are you so people, surprised? You don't rip a dad muffin joke on, on stage at, at the conference, but he did it. And I think he had the confidence to pull it off. I don't know your co-founder, but they sound very confident. I love that there was yeah. a five-minute pause and they were like, all right, time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah, do I have joke. a joke for you. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, that's my new favorite joke. If someone said, Yano, tell me a joke, would that be the one you would choose? That's the one I'm going to, no doubt. Yeah. It's got I mean it's got a hundred percent hit rate, two for so two. So far, yet yeah. <laughs> just use it on three, for, three, three for three. So yeah, exactly. That's pretty good. That's a great hit rate for a joke, yeah. It really is. Okay, I love that joke. I'm excited about that one. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? Something with baseball. If I was smarter than I was, I'd probably be the GM of a baseball team. Like the GM <laughs> of the Boston Red Sox is like the oh, dream yeah? job for me. Red Sox, even though you grew up on the West Coast? I was born in Boston and oh. my parents lived in Boston for 25 years. So they would probably be really upset with me if I wasn't a Red Sox fan. Okay. So did you maintain your Red Sox fandom once you moved to California? I maintained it through and through. And still now in New York? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In yeah. Brooklyn, New York, you're in a Red Brooklyn, Sox fan. I know. I know. Celtics fan. I live wow. a couple blocks away from Barclays. Yeah. People are not happy with me. But it's been a good run. It's been a good 10 years to be a Boston sports fan. Okay. So I grew up a Yankees fan. I was instructed that I was a Yankees fan. My father essentially decided for me. I did not have a choice in the matter. That's, what, how, that's how it was in my family. I, you know, I'm like all my friends like the Giants and 49ers and, and my parents and, and definitely my sister was like, well, that's cool, but you don't. You like the Red Sox. Sure. Sure. And that's what happens, I think, like at least for me growing up in Connecticut, because you could kind of go either way, Red Sox or Yankees. Yeah. And you you picked wrong, but but that's OK. Well, I think that there is an argument to be made that if you like to win, supporting the Yankees in the 90s was a great choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're living in the present here. Like. I know, I know, I know. I still haven't adjusted, though. Like, I grew up with the confidence of a New York Yankees fan circa 1996, and I've never lost it, and I know nothing about how they're doing right now. You're like me listening to Peace Frog in the Doors still. Yeah. 
at yes. this age. Like I'm hanging 100%. on to the glory days. You know? I really am. I don't know anything about the team right now. I do not know how we're doing, but I have Bronx bomber energy. Just anytime someone talks about the Yankees, I'm just like, yep, we're crushing it. Of course we are. <laughs> Cause we're the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. I will say it was a bit of a rude awakening when I realized that they just like bought all the best players. I was like, Oh, that's why that happened. Okay. It was an even ruder awakening for me when I real I always thought the Yankees were the team that did that. And then I realized the Red Sox have the yep. second highest payroll and do the same thing. So like, damn it. God <laughs> but damn we're it. this young, scrappy team. Yeah, right. Wow, that's great. Okay, well, do you wear a Red Sox hat around in New York? No. I don't love like sports. Like I'm not like repping jerseys out here. That was seventh grade me. So it was something you did when you were younger. I had all these like fitted outfits. Fitted? Like if I was wearing like a Red Sox jersey that yeah. day. It was like a red, red Sox yeah. jersey. Yeah. I was also wearing like a red Red Sox hat. It was like head to toe, you know, the Whoa. colors, right? If I had like my white jersey, I had like my white hat on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a horrible look. It was like, it was a God awful look. It sounds incredible. I don't know what you're talking about. Also, is that what fitted means? What does know. fitted mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I, but like I was, I was fitted. But, but as you fitted. were saying the word fitted. <laughs> I just confidently <laughs> ripped that one out and like, but it tracks, right? It goes in that sentence. hundred percent. That was a total Mike Muffin joke moment. <laughs> you saw your opportunity. Okay. So I love the idea that fitted means like a head to toe look. And you said you don't do that anymore. Why? Why? Um, there were a lot of hard pants in that. Hard in that, pants? In like, oh yeah. And we're in a pants. soft pants era. We, mm -hmm. We're in soft pants. So like, that's another hill I die on. It's just hard pants. Should not be worn frequently. Hard pants, more like hard pass. <laughs> did you like that joke? I did. I did. Call it. Call it. Call the podcast off now. This is it. <laughs> okay, you know, if you could choose one social nicety to do away with forever, like saying "bless you," holding a door for people, oh, what it would is. it be? Oh, quick answer. Let's it hear it. Yeah, yeah. I hate when people are too polite around plans. Around plans. What do you mean? Yeah, just like when people don't say what they actually want to do. <gasps> so let's say you and I were going out to dinner. Yes. And we were, we're meeting up in the city. We're doing dinner. And you're like, I don't care where we meet. I don't care what we eat. Mm. I'm like, that's not true. Yep. You yep. do care where we meet. Because if I said we're going to, to Queens and you yes. live on the other side, yep. you're not going to be stoked on that. In this hypothetical scenario where I don't live near Queens, yes. <laughs> we don't live near Queens. Maybe you do live near Queens. Yeah. I just like when people are definitive with plans. I agree. Yes. And I also really don't like when people aren't definitive about plans. So then someone else makes plans and then they, and then they're just not happy with the plan. You had an opportunity in time. Ah, okay. You and I are totally aligned on this. In my mind, if you are not going to contribute to the planning process, you basically lose your right to complain later about what plans were made. That's right. Okay. Also, what I think the appropriate thing to do is in that situation, if you were like, Alexis, like, let's get together, let's get dinner. I would say, amazing. Do you have any preferences? Otherwise, I'm happy to pick. Instead of saying, oh, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. What I try to do is say, like, if you have a strong feeling like you're really craving this one thing, I'm totally down with that. But if you don't feel like picking, I will fall on that sword. I completely agree. Yeah, I think that people just hate making decisions and making it uh, seeming like 
they're making the wrong decision. So, and that leads to a bunch of people not doing what they want to do. I mean, and I do relate to that. I would never want my preference to override someone else's. That's true. If you were like, I'm dying to get sushi tonight. And I was sort of just like meh on sushi. I'd probably still get sushi. I would too. I'm super flexible, but I want to, but I think most people are flexible. But what that leads to is my, my my parents have this story that they always tell Mm. me, which is they were in Texas with two of their best friends and they're like going to this town. I think the town was called Abilene and it was supposed to be like this fun town to go visit. They're driving to this town called Abilene. It's like an hour away or two hours away and they're in the car and someone goes, yeah, I'm really not feeling going to Abilene. (laughs) And someone else in the car goes, yeah, you know, I'm actually not really feeling it either. And someone else in the car goes, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I don't really want to go to Abilene. And then the fourth person uh, in the car, I think like my mom or something is like, I don't want to go to Abilene either. So why the hell are we going to Abilene if all four people don't want to go to Abilene? And so I feel like that's what happens with plants is uh, if no one's willing to be definitive is like, you just have four people who are going to Abilene. So it's a saying in my family, like, do we want to do this or are we just going to Abilene? Oh my God. I love that. Oh my God. The Abilene effect. Wow. I love that so much. I'm going to use that. I'm going to be like, look, folks, I don't want to go to Abilene here. I don't want to go to Abilene. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Okay, the gospel of Abilene coming soon. The town of Abilene is like, what did we ever do to you? (laughs) They start showing up in Google alerts. What is non-technical podcast? (laughs) Jason, what is your most childlike trait? So something that is closely associated with being a child. I'll tell you two that come to mind and you can tell me which one is more childish. Perfect. I still leave dishes in the sink okay. because I think that it's better to just do all the dishes at the end of the day. But I okay. think a lot of people might consider that childish. Actually, the second one's probably much more childish. I still kind of eat until I'm sick. Like I still eat, like <laughs> like if you mentioned sushi, like I'm not getting three rolls. I'm getting, I'm getting eight rolls, even though I only need four. And I'm just powering through and like eating all that spicy tuna and eel, you know, even totally. though I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, hungry and, and I'm full. So that's probably a childish trait. Okay. So let's take these one at a time. Your first one was still leaving dishes in the sink, but I would argue that your perspective is that ultimately you're approaching this with more efficiency because instead of taking the time to do each dish individually or put it in the dishwasher, you're time boxing a time later to do all the dishes at once, saving you time. That's right. That's my argument that has not gone over well for five years, but that is... So yeah. So I was just going to say, there's really (laughs) only one other person in the equation (laughs) who needs to get on board with this. Right, right, right. (laughs) Okay. Cool. I wish you the best of luck. You could time it. You could maybe do like run an experiment. You could track how long it takes. It's worth it, Alexis. You know know what's going to happen with the dishes in the sink. I'm going to move to a world where they get done immediately. That's right. Yeah. I I know that. And it's good that you know that. No, no, I'm holding out, but it'll happen. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Amazing. As long as we're all on the same page. We're definitely on the same page, yeah. Well, when I come over for grilled oysters, I promise to do my dishes straight away. Stat. Stat. (laughs) Stat, exactly. (laughs) Your second most childlike habit, you mentioned eating until you feel sick. (laughs) And first, not only is it a childish habit, when I do that, it reminds me of the yellow lab I grew up with. I always feel like I'm like a puppy that can't stop eating. <laughs> I'm almost 30. And like when I'm still with my mom and dad at a dinner, my mom yeah. would be like, like, are you okay? Like, are you, are you like full? <laughs> like, mom, I can handle, oh my I can God. handle myself. And then I don't handle myself. So also just some quick math on that sushi. Did you say you would order eight rolls? I have been known to order. Yeah, no. Far too are many you, are we talking yeah. eight 
hand rolls, eight maki rolls. So six individual pieces of sushi typically per roll. Yeah, we're looking at like, you know, six times 48 pieces of individual sushi. Quick pause. Incredible mental math. Great work on that. Six times I'm eight. Trying. I'm trying. I've ordered, a, <laughs> I've ordered a lot of eight rolls, you know? Dude, 48 rolls of sushi. <laughs> putting in work out here. I'm putting so in work. Sushi. Yeah. yeah. It's an unhealthy amount of sushi. I mean, maybe from a mercury poisoning perspective, but I support you so much. I am so impressed. That is like, you could build a castle out of that many sushi pieces. Yeah. It's like a challenge every time I get sushi, but it must be, I haven't learned my lesson. (laughs) Maybe when I turn 30, that'll be like a, a a a big goal of mine Mm. to calm down on the overeating, but I still got, I, I got time. I mean, it's hard because sushi is so delicious. It is right. And beautiful. It is. When you go to sushi, do you get the like other stuff like a soft shell crab or any of that stuff? Or do you just go like straight salmon and tuna and yellowtail? Thank you for asking. So I have a different approach to getting sushi, which is I eat a lot of sashimi. So Mm. I like just the fish without the rice. And then I like a nice appetizer, maybe something like a yellowtail with jalapeno is really cool. Mm. And then I get a couple rolls. And then as an adult, like in the last five years, I feel that I've gravitated more towards throwing an interesting appetizer in there. Throw in some gyoza, definitely some edamame, but I never used to. Like going to sushi for me used to be like, I am eating sushi. I am getting a shrimp tempura roll. I'm getting some other kind of roll and that's it. And then now these days I'm like, I don't know, get some dumplings in here. Why not? Live a little. All right. So I think that was a sufficient answer then for my childish habit because I'm still just ripping 48 pieces of sushi. And like that is, I, you just made me feel real childish there. So. Yeah. Oh, because I was like, I only I'm going straight sashimi. to the sushi. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting sashimi. Like I'm not wasting my time oh with that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should get sushi and I'll take you to some places where they have unbelievable sashimi and it's so flavorful that I feel like you don't need to eat as much of it. Wow. I sound like an asshat. I just yeah. heard the sentence I said yeah, That's okay. as I was okay. saying it and I regretted it immediately. That's okay. I'll take you up on that. Yeah. No, we can still go. And I won't talk like that. I will say recently though, I went to sushi with two of my dear friends who I've known for probably 10 plus years. We went to college together. I felt comfortable enough with them to be the person at the sushi restaurant to ask, and this is mortifying, but I asked the server, the special of the day, I think it was like a tuna belly, something like that. And I said, when was that flown in? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that mortifying? Yeah, I wanted to mortifying. know. Yeah. What's worse, that I wanted to know or that I actually asked? Did you actually care? Like, would that yeah. impact your decision? Because my, my dad, when we go get food, like he always asks questions about the menu. Yeah. What's the special? He, he never orders anything that he asks about, but he wants mm, to know these things. Yeah. So, but, but it sounds like that would actually impact your decision. It did impact my decision only because the special sashimi is usually more expensive. And I just kind of want to know, like, what am I getting into? Was it flown in this morning from Japan? That's compelling. That's interesting. It might be a little fresher. Mm, It might be a little bit of a different taste that I haven't had before. If it's like been around for a couple days and it's from a few hours away, I probably don't care as much. No, I think you should always ask questions about the specials, specifically the specials, because there's 50-50 on the specials. Half of the specials are actually special. Like they got the special thing in and half of the specials are just what the restaurant needs to get rid of that day. You got to get insight into that. Get into the weeds on it. Absolutely. Are you somebody that asks servers like, what's your favorite thing on the menu or what what do people order a lot? I have turned into my dad. Okay. Very quickly. Yeah. Okay. I, I ask all the questions and then it usually doesn't impact my decision. 
I ask all the questions. I've started asking this. I ask now, what is something on the menu we can't miss? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Because it's open-ended enough that I find I get answers like, well, everybody loves this dish, or they'll say my favorite thing is this, or our most popular item is X. And because I leave it open-ended, it's sort of up to their interpretation. I usually end up then getting a recommendation for something I would not have considered. You know who gives the best answers is not the waiter or the waitress, but Hmm. the person who brings you to your table. Because they they don't have as much skin in the game, right? Like a waiter or waitress wants you to get the most expensive thing, the person who brings you to your table, they, they probably still share in the tips, but like they have less skin in the game and they'll yeah. just like rip yeah. up. Oh yeah. Don't get the miso black cod. Like definitely get the, you know, the shrimp tempura. It's the best thing. Totally. And then they'll, they'll walk away from the table. You never see them again. So. Yeah. You don't have to continue that interaction. You can order your 48 individual pieces of sushi <laughs> and be on your merry way. <laughs> exactly. Yana, what's your most irrational fear? Uh, I have severe arachnophobia. Oh really? I hate spiders. Yeah. Severe, like if we talk about spiders, it's going to freak you out? No, like it's fine. Like I don't like the word tarantula. Like that's just a freaky word. Yeah, gross. If you did a screen share and it was like a big spider, we would definitely stop the recording. Okay. This is how much I hate spiders. I've never (laughs) been to South America because whenever I go to plan a vacation and it's like South America or X, Mm. I was like, South America has big spiders down there. I'm not going to South America. Whoa. Okay. It definitely informs your decision-making. Yeah. It is some real scared of spider arachnophobia. Yeah. Quick side note. When you said plan a vacation, what I heard, because my brain is broken, was the word planification. And I thought that this was a website that I had not heard of called planification. 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 Yeah. You know, like the planification of it all, the optionality, the planification. Yeah. I, I mean... I kind of like that. We can be fitted and like, it can be used in a lot of ways. Like we can start our big planification of 2022. We could. You know? I almost wonder if planification could be the term that describes the phenomenon we were discussing at the beginning, which is that going back and forth on where should we eat? What should we do? That's Mm. the planification of it all. Guys, we're getting planified here. We're getting planned. Let's get planified. Let's planify this real quick. Get the planification rolling so we can avoid going to Abilene. Okay. That's all I ask. Perfect. (laughs) Spiders. Okay. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. They're not great. Not great. They serve a purpose. How do you feel about the fact that they are performing a service? They have a job. They're employed. I'm fine with bugs. I'd rather have like a bunch of bugs running around than, yeah. than a bunch of tarantulas. I mean, I'm fine with like a daddy long legs, like the little thin ones. And, oh, okay. And, like that's fine. It's just the big furry ones that, ooh, ooh, they have fangs. Like they'll. Those spiders to me are more like rodents. <laughs> like they're full animals. They're not just bugs. Ugh. Those, I mean, those are killers. Those yeah. are like certified killers. Okay, gross. Yeah. Gross. I hope you do get to South America one day, though, if only to conquer <laughs> I'm this fear. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to go. I do want to go. Okay, so. good. Okay. Yano, what chapter of your life would make for the best movie plot? Do you ask everyone this question? Yeah. Everyone must say March of 2020, no? No. No one has said that, actually. Selfish responses. March of 2020 was the craziest time of any of our lives. It was like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe it was a lame month for everyone. I will phrase it to you the way that I used to ask it. That's a new phrasing of it. I used to ask it like this. I used to say, okay, Jason, I have a two-part question for you. The first part is who would play you in a movie? And the second part is... If we were to make this movie, should it be a biopic or focus in on a particular chapter of your life? 
Oh, it's a much harder question. Yes. I like the first I like the first, uh, <laughs> I like the first one. One chapter of your life. We'll go back to that. I think who would play me? I actually don't like who would play me. Really? It can't be ignored. It's too accurate. Yeah, I think it who? would just happen. Ross from Friends. Oh, David Schwimmer? Yeah. Oh, I could see that. That's just what I've been told. Yeah, but it's not so dead on that we would have to have him. So there are probably a dozen people in my life who told me I looked like Ross. Are you like Ross? So I'd never seen Friends. That was the thing. And I just watched all of Friends. Oh, no. Did you get retroactively offended? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't want to be like Ross. (laughs) I'm not a Ross, but, uh, but, but here we are. So I feel like maybe Ross would play me. I don't know. I know zero actors and have seen very few movies and up until post-college had basically seen no TV shows. Whoa. Why is that? I don't know. I I think the first TV show I ever saw was, well, we watched Survivor when I was a kid every Thursday night. But aside from that, it was probably House of Cards. Sure. In, I don't know, like 2014 or 15 or something. So did you have like a no TV rule in your house or something like that? No, I just like thought it was a waste of time. And like, I just thought <laughs> I was, it was reading books. Actually. I didn't appreciate <laughs> I know I wasn't even reading. I was just like doing nonsense. I don't know. I was even being productive, but I was telling myself that it was a waste of time. Now I love TV shows. TV shows are like an amazing way to turn my brain off. And I, I now, uh, one of our employees, our head of creative is a, is a director and he's That's like awesome. wildly talented. Mm. And he, um, I just appreciate like the art form of making shows now more, I yeah. think, maybe because yeah. of him. Yeah. And so I appreciate it more. Okay. Well then what if we made your life into a TV show instead of a movie? Does that change what it would be about? That could work. I mean, there's a, there's a phase of my life that's probably the most interesting. I mean, I think my life now is kind of crazy and weird mm. um, and might be interesting, but I think there was a period in 2017 when I was so miserable at work and I so badly wanted to like go launch and do like something entrepreneurial, but I still had mm. my nine to five. And I was so like miserable in New York because I was making no money and all my friends were making a bunch of money. Yep. So I booked a trip to Egypt by myself. <laughs> oh my God. How long were you there? I went for 10 days. And why Egypt? No spiders. Yeah, no spiders, first of all. And it's just like the craziest place I could think of that would allow Americans. And after 10 days, did you come back and feel different? Did it scratch that itch getting away like that? Yeah, it did. And two months later, I launched Blockworks, which was like, the, yeah. This is uh, a cool story. Yeah. I like so that, this. I mean, that there's, there's your, there's your like four part movie. I don't think you could do like a full season, but like maybe a, you know, an hour each app, like four, four parter. Well, it could be a limited series. Definitely. Yeah. But I kind of like it as a movie, to be honest. It has a lot of intrigue. Egypt would be a really incredible place to film. There's a lot that we could probably dig into about the experiences you had over those 10 days. And then I think how that experience changes your character as you then come back to the States could be really cool to look at. Yeah, I think so. So I went to Emory in Atlanta and mm-hmm. everyone's so like pre-professional there. It's like hmm. I'm either pre-med or like pre-law or I'm oh, going okay. to finance or I'm going yep. to consulting. And like everyone I knew had this like, nice job lined up and they're going yeah. to JP Morgan and they're going to like BCG or whatever it was. And they're yeah. going to be an accountant. I think I just lived in that world for, which was so different from where I grew up. Like it was not very focused on that. Uh, I just had like four years of that mm-hmm. at college and then went into New York and worked at a venture firm for a year and then worked yeah. at this like software firm. So I had like six years of just being like hyper-focused. And yeah. Then I Egypt and was like, holy shit, there's like so much else other stuff in the world. And that was one of the reasons I think I like got kicked in the ass to go build Blockworks and to go do my own thing. That's amazing. 
Yeah. So here okay, we are. Okay, I love that. That's going to be a great movie. Moral yeah. stories, go travel. <laughs> yes. Go to but, South America. Go, I was just going to say. <laughs> go to South America. <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, no, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Grab your popcorn and put your phones on silent because we're just getting started with our summer bets blockbuster. The return of bets recruiting. Two bets, two furious. Tagline, this time, all bets are on. If your professional life right now was a movie, what kind of character arc would we be working with? Are you struggling to find the one? And by that, I mean the perfect go-to-market hire. Do you need to take off your glasses and let your hair down in order for the world to see what your resume really has to offer? Or are you simply in search of adventure, curious about the career paths less traveled? Whatever your movie arc, Bets Recruiting is ready to be your best supporting actor. Or should I say, (laughs) your Bets supporting actor. I shouldn't, but I did. If you're hiring go-to-market talent or you are go-to-market talent, check out betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Jason Yanowitz, the co-founder of BlockWorks. Jason Yanowitz, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I'm ready. We have arrived at the lightning round. Did you know that was coming? No, I did not know that. <laughs> Maybe I didn't make it to that part of Nibs. To Nibs Maybe show. if I said it at 2x speed, it would have sounded <laughs> yeah. more familiar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, first question for you. Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? It depends on what time of the day it is and what the... Really? The morning is usually like a nice little espresso. So hot. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. At home? A home espresso? At home. Well, at home espresso. Yeah. Oh, my God. Click, click, and boom. And wow. And done. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those sound effects in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I love a good iced coffee with like... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, a little, little milk in there too. And What kind of milk? Not almond milk because it makes it too watery. Yeah. Almond milk is a weird consistency for coffee. Yeah. I also have like a really weak Jewish stomach that, you know, mm. lactose and so no dairy. So yeah. No dairy. So I okay. just ride out the oat milk, you know? Yeah, I get that. Did you know that people, at least in the US, are drinking more coffee than ever right now? I didn't know that. Why is mm-hmm. that? One of the theories behind it is potentially the, all the remote work. You're just at home, you're drinking coffee more because mm. it's there. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially One now th- coffee's like eight bucks a cup in New York. Oh, yeah, it's wild. I love that you make an espresso at home. The same like uh, easiness or hardness as making a, making a coffee. I like. I know it's very chic. Brooklyn chic, yeah. It's really all coming together. It's, it's really, really all coming together. together. Next thing you know, you're going to be asking when they flew in the tuna belly. Exactly, I'm just saying, exactly. this is your future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. Do you have a yeah. favorite board game? Catan, basic response. It's okay. Basic things can be good. Basic is good. Basic is good. I'm listening to the killers. I'm playing Catan. Life is good. Look, if you're happy doing those things, I support you in doing them. Just because other people also do them, it's okay. Yeah. Who do you play Catan with? Just some friends. I don't know. I feel like it's a good, like, just, it's like a good, who, like, who, I don't know. Who do you play board games with? You you only have two groups of board game people. You have, like, you have friends and you have your family. I don't know. Like, maybe you play work. I just like the idea that, I don't know, just the way you said it made it sound like you were making them up. (laughs) Full of friends coming over. (laughs) Got a lot of friends. So many friends. They all come over. (laughs) Telling you I got friends, I swear. That's great. Are you good at Catan? Do you win usually? I am. I consider myself to be good. Sure. I'm very competitive, okay. so I probably wouldn't like Catan if I uh, wasn't good at it. Do you like anything that you're bad at? <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, but he put me on the spot. I'm sure I have some answer. Sometimes the absence of an answer <laughs> is also an answer. <laughs> dang, dang. Yes. Okay. Yano, when you make the bet, 
Do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? Uh, top sheet, definitely. Okay. Yeah, me too. Did you know that other people don't? I, they're just missing out. Like it's. I agree. I don't want to say like they're psychos, but no. they're just missing out. On... But it's implied by their lack of top sheet. What happens when they get hot and they just have a big duvet? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yes. It's a mystery. Have you ever read a book twice? Does anyone finish books these days? Like I yes. feel like everyone just picks up books and doesn't actually finish them. It's Maybe easier to do. I think but, there's more distracting us. Yeah. The Lessons of History by the Durants. Okay. It's one of the best books out there. It's like a hundred pages and it covers 5,000 years of history. I'm a big history I was a history major. Oh, really? What is it called again? It's called Lessons of History. So that's my next to the bed book. And you've read that more than once. Ariel Durant and Will Durant. Ariel. Will and Ariel Durant. Yeah, that's my like five times. But it's it's kind of cheating because it's only like 105 pages. So. I want to learn that much about history in 105 pages. Yeah, it's a cheat code. Uh, hell yeah. Okay, great. Add to cart lessons of history paperback. Oh. Or maybe I'll listen to it on 2x speed and really crush through it. Do you have a pump up song? When do you listen to a pump up song? Like before you go on when stage? When you need to get pumped like up. When you get pumped up? I mean, I have a song I listen to and I just need to like feel good, which okay. is Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. I love oh. the Gorillas. <laughs> yeah. So that's my like feel good song. I love that. I haven't listened to that song in so long. It's so good. The gorillas were so good. They really were. Remember when yeah. Feel Good came out? Ugh. Yeah, so good. I also like, you know, I haven't listened to them in a long time, so I can't say it's maybe my pump-up song, but Linkin Park was my, like, my childhood pump-up song. Really? What were their hits you were listening to as a kid? <laughs> like, Reanimation, and, like, they had, okay. they had a bunch of different albums. I don't know. This is my cue to go listen later today. Yeah. Young yeah. Yano, Linkin yeah, Park. exactly. Okay, this is sadly, very sadly, my final question for you. What would you title your memoir? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, such a lame answer to the last question. I need to finish I know. I, don't I know. know. The like, hype is real. The hype is real. Maybe you know it's Yano. Oh. <laughs> like what I got to go with. It's so Okay, bad. what about... <laughs> Can you help me out here? I love the idea of playing on the Yano thing. Like, you know, like, is there something like things I don't know or like, you know, or things you don't know about, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, I just, I would never listen to a show where it's like, you know, it's, you know, I'd be like, next. That does sound like something that would be on FM radio in the morning. <laughs> you have to do some like clickbaity YouTube title, like one man's journey into Egypt. One man's journey <laughs> into Egypt. <laughs> the Jason Yanowitz story. One man's journey into Egypt. There's no topping that. That We've reached no. the top of the pyramid. Yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> Jason Yanowitz, thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. Alexis, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. What a treat. Where can people find more about you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jason Yanowitz. Got DMs open, slide through. Uh, and then the company I run is Blockworks. We're the fastest growing company in uh, crypto media company. So uh, wow. blockworks.co.co because we're wow. too, too cheap to get the .com, but that's okay. I get that. I get that as someone whose personal website is www.alexis.gay. .gay. .gay is much better than .com, though. I know. Couldn't agree more. And you can find me at yayalexisgay on Twitter and Instagram or at nontechnicalpod on Twitter. One more time, Jason, I'm very excited for all of our future sushi oyster-related hangs. Thank you so much for joining me. See you in South America. See you there. Bye. <laughs>